for many reasons I can say this morning, and I'm sure you'd agree with me, I love the Bible. I love the Word of God. I love this book we call the Word of God. And it is. And it's accurate and true from cover to cover. Every word is profitable. Aren't you glad aren't you glad that you have a Bible? Not my message this morning, but think about this. Everybody knows Job. This morning you know all about Job. The Bible says that God said about Job, the oldest book written, the oldest book on record that was written, the first book, God says about Job that he was a righteous man and eschewed evil, that he was a perfect man. Now listen to this. Job did not have a Bible. Now he had God, but this was, this was written before the Pentateuch. He didn't have a Bible. How many times have you as an individual or a family grabbed your Bible in a time of crisis and read some scripture? Job did not have a Bible. Job did not, oh, how about this thought? Job did not have a church. How many times have you come in to this place or this, this building or 322 Hospital or wherever you're meeting? How many times have you come in and the Word of God has been given or, uh, Brother Charles, a song has been sung and it's uplifted you? Not Job. Job did not have a pastor. How many times? Have you relied or depended on the pastor or called the pastor or had the pastor pray with you? Think about that. Aren't you glad for the Bible? You have, you have the whole counsel of God right here. I love the Bible for many reasons. But one, especially in this day and time, and especially the last three years, although I've, I've, I grew up reading the Bible and having the Bible read to me. Especially in the last three years, I love this book more than ever because, listen carefully to this, because of the absolute truth you get from the Word of God. Absolute truth. I like things that are absolute, don't you? Don't you like things that are absolute and not, not we talk about a gray area, we talk about uh, changing times, and we sure live in changing times. I like things that are absolute. I like to know beyond all shadow of a doubt that no matter what what men try to do or no matter what the government tries to do or no matter what our enemies try to do, the sun rises in the east. I like that. That's consistent. That's absolute. Man's not going to change that. Say what you want about climate crisis. Man's not going to change that. The sun is, you understand what I'm saying this morning? The sun is always going to come up in the east and it's going to set in the west because God put it in place. I'm glad for that this morning. I love it. Most precious to me, of course, in hey, how about this? It's most precious to me in 2023 that the Bible is the... I just thought of that. I better mark that down. My pen's in my suit pocket. <laughs> can't mark, my, that's recorded, I hope. Okay, I'll get it then. But think about that. You've got the absolute word. Absolute, the word absolute means not qualified in any way. Look at verse number 17 in our chapter we're looking at, 14. It says, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him not, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you 
and shall be in you. It's a spirit of truth. So you've got the word of truth. You've got the spirit of truth that dwells within you. So you've got the absolute truth. Absolute means not qualified in any way. It means never changing. It means without limits. Hey, by the way, can I say this this morning in all Christian love? They can rewrite the Bible all they want, but they can't change God's word. It is what it is. And when the Bible says, and we read the verse, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, get that, remember that little phrase right there, no man. And that no man includes you. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Absolute, without limits. Absolute, existing independently and not in relationship with anything or anybody or anywhere. That's what absolute means. In my lifetime, and I'm sure some of you folks have lived a, a while, we've seen changes we thought we'd never see. We live in a very rapidly changing world. And absolute truth seems to have vanished, but not according to the Word of God. We know that God doesn't change, so neither does His Word. Isaiah chapter 40, The grass withereth, the flowers fadeth, but the Word of our God shall stand forever. First Peter chapter 1, verse 25. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. Absoluteness. Absolute. Nobody can change it. You remember this, and let's see a reference here. John chapter 18, verse number 38. You need not turn to it. But get this. This is how smart we are. Pilate. Pilate is looking at Jesus. He's looking into the eyeballs of Jesus on this earth. And he says to him, what is truth? I mean, he's looking at truth. That's, that's, how, that, that's the kind of trouble we're in as individuals. He's looking at them. And he says, what's truth? Looking at it. I want to make sure you understand this this morning. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. I am the Lord, I change not. Proverbs 24, 21, Fear thou the Lord and the King, and meddle not with those that are given to change. Well, let's look at a few absolutes while our time hastens this morning. A few absolutes. Jesus said, No man. You know what that little phrase there? He said, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, I know uh, we all have various levels of understanding and so on, but do you know what? Do you know what? Uh, do you know what no man says in Hebrew? It says, no man. Do you know what no man says in Greek? It says, no man. Understand it. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. God only, God only has to say something once for us to act on it. Just once is, is enough. But the truth is, all through your Bible, all through your King James Bible, you'll find that God uses that, that, those two words over and over and over again. Now, in our text this morning, in verse number 6, Jesus said, he's talking to them, and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father. Where, where is the Father this morning? Well, he's in heaven. So no man, in other words, can I, I'll paraphrase this, no man, no man goes to heaven but by me. So he's referring here, first of all, when he speaks of this, this, these two words, no man, he's saying there's no way you're going to get to heaven on your own. No way. 
There's simply no way you'll ever get to heaven on your own. In John chapter number 10, verse number 9, Jesus said, I am the door. By Every one of you that came into this building this morning came through a door. You couldn't get in this building if you didn't come through a door. And I think they, oh, they took the bars off the windows. But uh, you, you had to come through the door to get into the building. So Jesus saying, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. So, no man in this particular text we're reading speaks of your salvation and my salvation. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Regardless of whether you believe the Bible or not, you'll not get into heaven without Jesus. Regardless of your age, you'll not get into heaven without Jesus. Regardless of your nationality, regardless of your church affiliation, you can be a member of five different churches in Burnaby. That's not going to get you into heaven. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus invited in the very beginning of the verse. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. i got a place there for you, but you're not going to get there without me. That's what he's saying this morning. No man. It doesn't matter what your philosophy is this morning. It doesn't matter. You may say this morning, well, I grew up in a Christian home, and my, uh, one of my parents is a believer. They believe in God, so I'm hoping everything's okay. No, no man means no man, no woman, no boy, no girl. Nobody gets into heaven unless it's through the Lord Jesus Christ and His shed blood on Calvary. Plain and simple. Now, you may say it, it, it simply doesn't matter. God is in heaven. That's where I want to spend the rest of my days once I leave this earth. It's not, <laughs> oh dear me, can I say this? It's not Father O'Leary that's going to get you into heaven. It's our Father which art in heaven through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that gets you into heaven. Now you may say, and I understand this, and I know you are good-hearted folks, and you may say this morning, well, that's all well and good, Pastor Arbo, but what about, what about the atheists that don't believe in God? What about those in lands that have never heard? That's noble. As a matter of fact, the truth is, your pastor today is in the, in the far north country ministering to people up there. That's, is, you don't find a lineup of pastors willing, ready, and able to go up there. Amen? So that, that's good, and that's in place. And uh, uh, your son is in another part of the world giving out the gospel, and that's good, and that needs to be done. But before you take on the challenge or the debate or the argument about, well, what about other people? No, this is what about you? What about... Itty bitty you, not to the one left, not to the one to the right, not to the one behind or the one in front, not to the other folks at home, not about uh, downtown Vancouver. No, this is to you. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's for you this morning. Now, the truth is I could assume, but I'm not going to assume. I could assume that everybody in this building is absolutely 100% sure that they're going to heaven. But that's not for me to decide. That's between you and God. And I just want you to know this morning that no matter what you're depending on or relying on, no man, no woman, no boy, no girl gets to go to heaven without the Lord Jesus Christ. One who came into this earth, was born of a virgin, and lived 33 years on this earth and was taken and and, uh, nailed to a cross and uh, bled and died there on that cross. He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And the Bible says he gave up the ghost, and he was taken down and put in a borrowed tomb. And the third day, hallelujah, he arose from the grave. And today, he's in heaven 
at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and for me, He is the only way to heaven. According to the Word of God, the only way at all that I can get to heaven. I like that absolute truth this morning. I can know beyond all shadow of a doubt that nothing can get me there, only Jesus Christ. It's not your church and Jesus. It's not your philosophy and Jesus. It's not your religion and Jesus. It's not your good works and Jesus. Oh, it's not your baptism and Jesus. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. A couple things about baptism. I trust that most of you, if not all of you in this room, you've been saved and baptized, and that's great. But if you're here this morning, and you say, well, I was baptized as a child somewhere down the road and so on, you can't depend on your baptism for salvation. I'll tell you why. The Bible says that the thief on the cross right beside Jesus, a guy, he was a thief. You understand what a thief is? He was a criminal. There was no question about that. He, he, probably, he probably never went to church. He never read the Bible. He never did any good deeds. He was a thief. The Bible says so. But he died and went to heaven. How did that happen? He looked over and he said, remember me. And Jesus said, I'll remember you. This day shalt thou be with me in paradise. If baptism saves you, how did he get into heaven? Amen. I grew up in the country uh, when I was a kid. Later moved to the city, but uh, lived in a small community. And uh, there was a church in the community. Behind the church, there was a, a, a stream or a river. Okay? And uh, my, most of my family, my, my siblings and a lot of my friends were baptized in that church. When, after the baptism took place, uh, the, one, of the, one of the deacons would uh, go outside and turn the tap on, and all the water would run out of the baptistry into the field and down into the creek river, small river. And uh, it would run into the creek, and I knew that uh, just actually uh, not an acreage away, there was uh, cows there in the field. And those cows would uh, come and they'd drink out of the river. And then they'd go back to the barn. It was the Atkinson farm. I actually spent some time there as a kid. They'd go back into the barn, and guess what? They, when they went into the barn, the cows would be milked. The next morning, the milk truck would come and pick up the milk. you say, what on earth am I talking about? Just hold on. Uh, the milk truck would come and pick all the milk up from the cows, and they'd take it and they'd process it, pasteurize it. Then they'd take it on down to Safeway, put it on the shelves, and then folks from that community would come in and they'd buy the milk, they'd take it home, and they'd have a glass of milk. Now, logic with me. If being baptized washes your sins away, your sins run out with the water, down the creek, the cow drinks the water, the cow gets milked, the milk's taken to the store, you drink the milk, you get your sins back. Sorry. <laughs> That's, it's dumb, but it's the same dumbness that tells you, that I'm just saying what the Bible says, amen? <laughs> just That's all. I mean, that's a silly story, but hopefully it got your attention that you can't, you can't get into heaven by your baptism. It doesn't wash your sins away. Hallelujah for that. Anyway, you'll remember the story. You won't remember the message. but you, Yeah, they, they were, they were uh, Jersey cows, okay? <laughs> if you want to know the truth. But, oh, my soul. So, notice what it says. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's, folks, Jesus is the only way this morning. Understand that, depending on him. You may say, well, pastor, by the way, you may be saved this morning. You're rejoicing and on your way to heaven. You use this to help explain to other people. 
that the church won't get you to heaven. Your religious relative won't get you to heaven. You may say this morning, well, uh, Brother Arbo, uh, I'll think about that. And that's a good idea. But one thing, if you're going to take some time to think about it, promise me, or promise Brother Kevin, he'll see you before I do again, promise Brother Kevin that you won't die till you make the decision. Yeah. Because it's life-altering. So, John 6, 44, you need to, I'll read it to you, you need not turn to it, but it says this, Oh, here's these two words again. No man. No man. Two words. No man. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last. So, number one, Jesus is the way to heaven. No other way. Secondly, notice what the scripture says. No man can come to me except the Father draw him. What's that? What, what am I talking about there? I'm talking about today. You're sitting in this service. You're not certain about your eternal destiny, then today is the day that He's drawing you and calling you. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. So it's not something we say, well, let me think about that for the remainder of the month. No. It's an urgent matter. It's an urgent matter. Something that must be dealt with. Not something you take a long time to think about. Matter of fact, the Bible says, behold, today is the day of salvation. So something, when you hear the truth and your heart is pricked, your heart is spoken to, that is the time to make the decision. Unfortunately, we do that with infomercials, don't we? <laughs> it comes on, it's, it's, it evaporates shortly, and they're trying to sell us something. We say, oh, I've got to get that. Where's my card? What's the number? The and I've got to get online. I've got to get that right away. Well, what about your salvation? You've got to get that right away. You see, it is your choice. So when you hear the truth about Jesus and about salvation, that is when you ought to act. Can I say something this morning in love and kindness? You don't have to go to heaven. It's up to you. You oh, Okay, uh, I've got to stay in front of this mic. You don't have to go to hell. That's up to you. So understand, you don't have to go to heaven. You don't have to go to hell, but you can't stay here. I mean, you're only here for a short period of time. Three score and ten, that's it. Then you're gone. You've got to go somewhere, so it's up to you to decide. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So, number one, Jesus is the way. Number two, when you hear the truth, you ought to act on the truth. Yes, you come when he calls. I, uh, again, I, I had a great life growing up as a kid. Wonderful parents. And when my... Because I, uh, because I like food, when my mama called and said, Hey, Larry, supper! Didn't have to call me twice. I was in there. Because I knew the table would be spread. And I knew there'd be grub. <laughs> and I knew, oh my soul, bacon and eggs. Can you smell it? Ah, no. <laughs> Moving right along. Sorry about that. But if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. He said that. You see, Jesus, song in your songbook. Jesus is tenderly calling today, calling me home. Calling me home or calling today, something like that. Help me, I don't remember. But it's, why do you hesitate? Calling today, calling today. Is today the day of salvation for you? He's calling you today. You say, you may say or think, well, I go to church. I read my Bible. I pray. I, uh, I'm a lot better. Did I drop something? No, I'm sorry. (laughs) 
Sorry, not, I just have to get the attention off me and my uncomfortable jacket here for a minute. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, this is good. Amen, Kevin. Isn't it a wonderful thing to be in church? I mean, we're in a safe haven today. Mm. So understand that, that when the Lord speaks to you, by the way, this applies to the Christian too, another message, another time, but when God speaks to you, act on it. Because you can be like me and forget your jacket. And you may not remember to act on it when you get home. Act on it when God speaks to you. See, so you say, I live a good life. I'm a good person. I'm, hey, you know, my neighbors on either side of me, they're just, whew, you don't want to go near them. They're bound for hell, sure as can be. You know what? That doesn't matter. It's all about you. I'm not saying we don't care for them. But first of all, you've got to fix it up for yourself. Galatians 3.11. Absolute. Listen to it. But that, oh, here's those two words again. No man. No man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by their faith. Not by their good deeds. Not by their good works. Not by their baptism. Not by their church membership. By their faith. And I'm not talking, but we hear a lot today about uh, people say, well, I'm a person of faith. I don't know what that means. Faith in the faith in the ripcord on the parachute? Faith in the government? I don't know. My faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood on Calvary. There is no other one to put my faith in. So understand, you can't get to heaven. By, it says, we've seen three times so far, no, no man. No one will get to heaven by their life. It's his life. It's, are you listening? It's his life that gets me into heaven. Amen? It's his life. Nobody here has kept the Ten Commandments. You may say, well, I've, I have worked at keeping the Ten Commandments, and I've kept them as far as I know. Well, I've got to tell you now, you've already lost that battle because the Bible says, thou shalt not lie. You already lied if you said you kept the Ten Commandments. No. But you know what I'm saying. We can't keep the Ten Commandments. They show us our guiltiness, matter of fact. James 2.10, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Then I got some good news for the believer here today who might have some questions. So we understand that no man gets into heaven without Jesus Christ. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. No man comes unless he is called, bidden. No man gets into heaven by his good works. We've seen that. The little two words keep popping up here. No man. How about this? Oh, I love this one. John ten twenty eight. Ah. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my Father's hand. My Father, which is greater than me, is greater than all. And look at the two words. Well, you're not looking at the text. I'm sorry. I should have given you time to get there. But it says, no man. No man. Did you get that? No man. That includes you, by the way. When it says no man, nobody, in other words, I, I paraphrase here, n- nobody can take your salvation from you. Not even you. Huh. Isn't that interesting? The Bible says that also in the book of Romans. It's about the love of Christ. No man, you can't, you, you can't say, hey, you say, I'm sick and tired of being a Christian. I don't want to be a Christian anymore. Too bad. You're in. Once you accepted Jesus Christ, if you believe once saved, always saved, which is what the Bible teaches, what if, I don't, Brother Kevin, I don't, I don't get it. And somebody says, well, I have eternal life, but I think I lost my salvation. What does that mean? Eternal everlasting. Look it up in the dictionary. I mean, that'll help. 
You can't lose your salvation. You say, what if? Yes, God chastens those whom he loves. I understand that. We don't. But, okay, I have, I have Arbo blood flowing in my veins because I was born into the Arbo family. I can't change that. I can't say, can you put some Heinz 57 ketchup in there and get that stuff out? I don't want to be an Arbo anymore. I can't. It doesn't work. And that's why, that's why we have that illustration in the human body that we cannot change that. Once I'm saved, I'm saved eternally, and no man can pluck me out of my Father's hand. The Bible says, the Bible says that uh, Jesus Christ is in the Father. Oh, I'm, I'm making some noise. Then. Something, no. This, this represents me. Okay? Brother Kevin gave me this this morning. I'll covet this Anchor Baptist Church pen. So this is me. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, well, there we go. I'm in Christ. The Bible is Christ, okay? So we, we, we see this is me right there, bald on the top, that's me. And this is, this is Christ here. And Christ, the Bible says, is in the Father. So understand the assurance of your salvation this morning that if, 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 if Satan tries to get to me to take away my salvation, he has the first of all, deal with God, and secondly, with Jesus Christ. I'm well covered, I'm well buried, I'm preserved, I'm protected, I'm locked in. Amen. Huh? There's no way. <laughs> you know, because once the devil gets in Christ, guess what happens? It's not going to happen, but any, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Yeah. So, you know, say what you want, and I know that the devil will cause us to have uh, guilty feelings and and uh, just sorrow and suffering and so on, thinking, well, I don't, am I really saved? If, you put, if you're believing in Jesus Christ today, okay, the Bible says, it, it speaks of, he that hath, listen to this, he that hath the Son hath life. Hath is present tense. Are you trusting Jesus today for your salvation to take you to heaven? Okay, then, you're saved. Yes, we do. We ought not to, but we do fail, we do falter, we do sin. But you do not lose your salvation. At what point? You know, where do we draw the line on this sin, this matter of salvation? What do you have to do? If you kill a person, does that cause you to lose your salvation? Or maybe, maybe it's two people. I don't know. I knocked on the door of a man one time in Barrie, Ontario, and gave him the gospel, and he was open, and he was troubled. He was an older gentleman, and... He listened to it very intently, and he said, he said to me, he said, Brother, he said, I'd like to pray and ask Jesus in my heart, but Jesus can't save me. And I said, why is that, sir? He said, I killed a man. But I, oh, I, I told him, I said, I got a Bible example of that. So what about Moses? Killed a man and buried him. What about David. I'm not justifying, obviously, killing and murder and so on, but all I'm saying is there's one sin, there's one sin that keeps you out of heaven. It's called the unpardonable sin. It's not your rough life that you lived. It's not because you were an alcoholic. It's not because you were a drug dealer. It's not because you were a murderer. There's forgiveness. Hey, aren't you glad there's forgiveness found for those things? That forgiveness is in Jesus Christ. Once saved, always saved. That's why I love John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, 
Put your name in there. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, you have salvation and you cannot lose your salvation. The security of your salvation, listen to this, the security of your salvation does not depend on you. It depends on him. Amen? That's good news. That's good news. I, I quoted this verse, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Jesus offers forgiveness. He disciplines those who sin against him. We are chastened, just like a, a loving parent would chasten a child. Time of correcting. The truth is, when I'm, when I'm chastened of the Lord, it actually... Oh, no, no chastening is pleasant, the Bible says, but when I'm chastened of the Lord, it gives me confidence that he does love me and that I am his child. We lived next door for a period of time to uh, a bunch of guys that were uh, rebels. They caused a lot of problems, broke windows in our house and stole stuff out of the yard, stuff like that. But not once did my father ever go get one of those kids and discipline them. They weren't his kids. But he disciplined us. He disciplined us for thinking ill of them. I don't get that. No, I guess I do. But understand that you're, you're safe and secure. No man can take your salvation from you. Matthew t- chapter 24, verse 36. But the Bible says, but of that day and the hour... N- oh, again, we got this phrase again. No man knoweth. Not the angels in heaven, but my Father only. Speaking of the second coming. Speaking of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, no, be careful today. Now, Jesus is coming again. He could come today. Amen? He could come before you get your lunch today. That's okay with me. He could come before you pillow your head tonight. But don't let someone mislead you and uh, sell everything you have and go over to Mount Baker and wait for his coming. No man knows that. Jesus said himself, he said, I don't even know. I'm not, I don't know. Only the Father knows. No man knows. No man. It could be today. It could be sometime this week. And then one last thought here, if I can give you this this morning. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 24. What a marvel. I like a consistent book, an accurate book, a book that is 100% absolute. The only way I can get into heaven is through, it's not, you can, you can join four other Baptist churches. A Baptist church can't get you into heaven. Now, thank God, I believe the Baptists are the ones that down through the centuries have preached the gospel. Not perfect folks, but close to the truth, amen? amen. Baptist. Matter of fact, Jesus was baptized by a Baptist. Just, just saying. But I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, because I'll tell you what, there's, there's there's new groups coming out probably every week of the world. Most of them come out of California, I think. A lot of them do. <laughs> I heard I read about one recently. It's called the Huddle. It's a church. The Huddle. It may not be bad though, but it, the problem is if you go there, it's all muddle. <laughs> I mean, where do they get this? The Rock. No, I'm on the Rock. Hallelujah. I'm on the rock to stay, for he lifted me from the miry clay. The rock is Jesus Christ. Anyway, moving right along. The Bible says here, 
in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No man can serve two masters. So right away, the Bible's telling you, whether you want to accept it or not, the Bible's telling you that you, you will serve one or the other because the Bible says, no man, understand that. That means a man, woman, boy, girl. No man can serve two masters. It's God's word that's telling us this. You say, well, I can, I can sort of ride down the middle. No, you can't. The Bible says you can't do that. You may think you're doing it, but you can't do that. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold on to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, meaning material possessions, meaning wealth, meaning ungodly pursuits, if you will. Loving anything more than God is serving it, plain and simple. No man. Everyone, everyone in this room, you serve something or someone. Anything you put above God, that is what you serve. You say, well, Sunday I'll give to God. The rest of the week is mine. Well, there's your answer. Right there. Amen. You see, the verse qualifies and confirms. Everyone serves one of two masters. There's no middle ground. You must choose. The Bible speaks here of hating one and loving the other and so on. Now, I just simply ask the question, dear Christian, Isn't this good? You're saved. You know you're saved. You've got the word of God on it. You have eternal life. You have blessed assurance. You have everlasting life. You have it all, yes, chastened from time to time when we disobey. But I have the word of God and I'm saved. I'm going to heaven someday. But between today, the 12th day of March, 2023, between today and, oh, there we go. What happened? I'm dancing on the microphone. Is this off? I imagine it is by now. Yeah. So not, not, not only did I not only did I lose my jacket, I've lost my mind. And <laughs> Kevin's agreeing with that. I'll try and stay behind the microphone. I wonder because I walked on something. Oh boy, I'm in trouble. And I walked on the microphone. But no man can serve two masters. So you decide today who you're going to serve. Who are you? I'm talking about 24-7. I know, I, we know we have to sleep. We know we have to eat. We know we have to go to work. But you can, for example, you can, you can serve the Lord by going to work and doing a good day's work for your employer. Well, you don't know where I work. <laughs> you know, the, the boss I have is a tyrant. Did you ever, uh, does this thought ever cross your mind that it may be that God has allowed you to go there and work there because those people need to know something about Jesus? I've been there. You've been there, I'm sure. Some nasty places. Yet you're, you're a bright light. Don't let the light go out. Huh? So, then the Bible says in the book of Psalms, Psalm 27, it says, Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We sing the little chorus. Did you know, waiting on the Lord in that application, other places in the Bible, when it says, Wait on the Lord... It's not, it's not talking about like waiting at the bus stop. <laughs> Some of you travel by public transit, I'm sure. You're waiting for the sky train. It's not talking about that. It's talking about, I guess they don't do this much anymore, Mrs. Turner, but you go into a, you go into a restaurant and they come up to your table and say, may I take your order? That's, I'm waiting on this individual. That's what it means. So wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord means do something for the cause of Christ while you can. Determine who you're serving. No man 
Psalm 118, verse 8 says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. So, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. No man comes unless he is bidden. Is Jesus calling you today for salvation? Or is he calling you for service? No man comes by his works. No man can take away your salvation. This is Bible every time. We, every verse we read about this, about the points I've given this morning, says no man. No man can predict a second coming. And no man can serve God and someone else. That's, to me, that's absolute. That's pretty clear. I said, well, I don't quite understand. What don't you understand about no man? Amen? Isn't that good? That is, you see, folks, this morning, uh, I'm an old guy, probably the oldest guy in the room. And I must, more than ever, I must depend on the Lord Jesus Christ for my salvation more than ever before I have in my life because the time is short. And there's things that younger people can do that maybe I can't do. But I can depend solely and totally upon him. I've got God's word on it in black and white right here. And his word does not return void. And his word, we read it a while ago, I quoted a while ago, his word never fails. Isn't God good? This morning, are you saved? Are you sure that you're saved? Are you sure... That you're sure that you're saved. In other words, what I'm saying is, you, you prayed and asked Jesus Christ to save you. That's, that's a one-time thing. Amen? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Your, your, your sins, very interesting. Your sins were put on Jesus, not in Jesus. The Lord hath laid on him. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And I said all that to say this, that... That putting your faith and trust on Jesus Christ is a one-time event. You only do that once. You're leaning on Him. But however, to trust in Him is a daily event, sometimes an hourly event. It's hard to do that sometimes. You know, I can, I can trust God to take me to heaven when I die, but I can't trust Him to provide groceries for me next week. That doesn't make any sense, does it? So what I'm saying is, trusting in Him, don't, don't, let that, don't let that bother you. Trusting in Him is a daily event, and the truth is, the more you trust in Him, sometimes the more difficult it seems, because you're putting things in His hands, and you're waiting on Him, on Him, one time, in Him, a lifetime. I trust this morning you take this to heart. No man, no man can take your salvation from you. Make sure you're serving the right master.